Come on with me through the tunnel, and we're going to go down to the dirty south, talk a little ATL recruiting. I'm your host, Nemo Midvar, and I'm being joined today with three fixtures in Atlanta basketball. We're going to talk a little bit about this, the state, but we're going to focus a lot today on Atlanta hoops. I got Jesse McMillan, uh, head coach at Norcross High School. Got Sean Williams, uh, owner of On the Radar Hoops Scouting Service and Events. Does a great job of promoting kids within the state and nationally. Then I got Desmond Eastman, a legend in the game. He's been uh, a fixture in, in Atlanta hoops, whether it be through Wheeler High School, uh, Worldwide Renegades. He's been around, seen a lot of great players, a lot of NBA players come through his program. So he knows what it's like to, to be around the best and understands what it takes to recruit the best. Uh, do you want to be one of those, quote unquote, the best to be recruited? We got to get you a Dr. Dish. We need to be able to get you extra reps, be able to get in the gym and get better as a player. Uh, stop whatever you're doing now and get to Twitter. Okay. Follow Dr. Dish at Dr. Dish B-Ball. I'm going to repeat it at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter. Okay. Look that up. They're, they got great drills every single day that you can utilize to, to make your players better. Um, players, if you get one of these for your home, ask mom and dad to put one in the driveway. Uh, maybe you can't uh, get over to your school gym anymore and you need a rebounder to help you get better. It's an investment in yourself. You're going to find ways that you can utilize this machine and take your game to the next level. Mention this ad, get $300 off. Just tell them you heard about this on the Rising Coaches platform. And if you do have an old shooting machine, doesn't matter what brand it is, they will give you a trade-in credit uh, and allow you to get the brand new Dr. Dish, one of the best products out in the game. All right, let's take it down to the studio and talk with our ATL crew. Here we go. All right, we're here now through the tunnel talking about Georgia hoops with three guys that are definitely very well entrenched uh, in, in the basketball scene all throughout the state. Um, well, let's get right into it. I want to talk uh, first and foremost, you know, you've got a very unique landscape within Georgia. There's, there's obviously Atlanta, but then the surrounding areas and all around the state, um, it's a pretty big state, a lot of talent in the state. Uh, Sean, I'm going to start with you. Uh, let's go break down some of the, you know, the, the character traits of, of being a Georgian. Um, what what, is, what does Georgians hang their hat on? Uh, just as people, not necessarily just basketball players, but as people. I mean, you know, for me, I can only speak. You know, I, I like to speak from a basketball perspective, right? Um, just because, I mean, I think uh, we have a, a ton of talent in Georgia, right? Like the high school coaches last year did a phenomenal job. What was that, two years ago, of putting together, you know, those camps in the live period, right? So for me, I feel like here in the state of Georgia, like our high school coaches – they really get it. I feel like the travel ball coaches, they really get it. Everybody here wants to help. Everybody wants to promote their kids. And we also, we actually, we all work together. I think that's the big thing. We work together and that's something with other states they don't really do. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. We're going to definitely, I want to talk about that because Georgia is one of the best at coordinating recruiting efforts. Um, Des and Jesse, you can follow up as well. Obviously, Atlanta is what uh, the hotbed of, of talent because it's it's just a bigger city, a lot of a lot more people. Um, talk to us a little bit about uh, folks from Atlanta, ballers from Atlanta. What are the 
what do they really hang their hat on in, in terms of um, who they are? And then kind of compare it to uh, others from outside of the, the ATL area. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, what Sean said is correct. Um, but, you know, Atlanta is such a diverse city and, and not just racially diverse. I mean, it's culturally diverse. Um, you know, there's been such a huge population explosion over the last, um, you know, 15, 20 years. And, and the metro area has grown uh, exponentially. Um, and, you know, I think you see a lot more, um, you know, economic balance. I think you see a lot more growth in your schools, uh, in your communities. And, you know, I think that's just been, you know, something that's been really positive for the for the kids, especially that, that live here, that are growing up. Um, and, and I look back at my time, you know, I've been in the city now for 20 years. And, you know, some of these kids that, um, you know, were, were in, in middle school and high school, you know, during this growth, you know, they're young adults now. And, and like, you know, we want to use um, guys like Jalen Brown and Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, you know, those, those two guys were, were two of the, the biggest voices during the, uh, the social injustice um, uh, conversations a few months ago. And those are Atlanta bred kids. Both of them grew up in the city, played. Uh, Jalen played at um, Wheeler and, and uh, Malcolm played at GAC. You know, so, you know, those those kids, uh, those voices that these young men and women have, you know, that stuff's definitely coming from the city um, and, and from the diversity that's represented and just the, the growth and the, and the attitudes um, you know, that people have in the city. So, um, you know, that would be my take on it. It's just, I think it's become way more progressive. I think it's become, um, you know, like I said, way more culturally diverse. Um, and it's just, you know, a really, a really healthy environment for, for a young man or a woman to kind of grow up in. Absolutely. Well, uh, I want, I want to touch a little bit though, Des, on, on this, the areas outside of ATL. If I'm coming from Augusta, Savannah, uh, etc. How do how am I perceived as a baller? Well, like like Jesse said, um, most of the kids from out from the outskirts of of Atlanta, the surrounding counties, most of them are multi multi sport athletes. So they immediately, you know, what I mean, they're tougher. You know, what I mean, a lot of them play with a chip on their shoulder, and because they feel that you know Atlanta kids might get a little bit more recognition. Because, you know what I mean, it's just more media outlets here directly in the city. So when you get a kid that's from, you know what I mean, the outskirts, expect that toughness. You know, they play with that chip on the shoulder. You know what I mean? Nonstop motor, super athletic. I mean, those type of kids are the kids that you get from the outskirts. Sean, do you have something to add to that? Nah, I agree with everything they say. Like, those dudes, the kids from the outskirts have a chip on their shoulder. They're going to just be physically, they're going to be tougher, they're going to play harder because they got something to prove. So so let me ask you guys this. Uh, is Georgia, would you guys consider it a basketball state or a football state? <clears throat> Jesse, I'll start with you. Sean, you, you follow it up. Yeah, I mean, like I said, um, my, my first year uh, teaching and coaching in Atlanta um, was 2001. And if you'd asked me then, you know, I would have absolutely said it's a football state. Um but but now, I mean, I really do think that, you know, it, we might be neck to neck. And in some regards, um, you know, basketball might even get more exposure um, than football, um, you know, at least in the metro Atlanta area. The, the number of the kids that play and the quality of teams and coaching and just the, the, uh, the level of recruitment that these kids get, um, you know, if it's if it's not a basketball state, it's getting really, really close to it. Sean, I mean, I- you know, for me, I think obviously, you know, football is king, right, in the South. But 
um, for me, just the talent level in Georgia and the kids that we have coming in year in and year out. You know, it's sometimes it maybe it was last year or two years ago, it was 10 kids from Georgia in the top 100, right? And it was pretty much all Metro Atlanta kids. So when you compare from a population standpoint, we're not as big as Texas or California, but the talent level is here. So for me, it's, a, it's, a, it's pretty close. It's a basketball state, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to. I, I want to follow that up. Definitely a basketball state. I, I can honestly say, in the last uh, sixteen years, there's probably more pros from within the two eighty five or in that area than any state. And in the last twelve years, we've had more number one picks from Atlanta or from Georgia than any other state. So I would say it's a basketball state. And I yeah. think it probably it probably started to switch. Des, you think it probably switched around 2007 with that class with Ghani and JJ and and that crew, right? Yeah, but you know, right before then, you 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 had you had Dwight and and um, Josh Smith and mm-hmm. and Rand and uh, Randolph Morris and those guys. You know, what I mean, Javaris Crittenden, Jamario Davison. You had those guys also go pro from from Atlanta. That you know, what I mean, a lot of people didn't didn't really pay attention to. So, so I always think it's interesting when you've got a, a area that produces such great talent, there's got to be an infrastructure from development from the youth level all the way up. Uh, again, a lot of our listeners are from all over the country, so they're not necessarily in tune with middle school ball in, in Georgia and all that. But uh, Sean, break it down a little bit for us. How is what does the basketball look like for for the kids um, that maybe lends them to be a little bit more skilled and more talented uh, when they get older. Uh, and obviously you guys have enough athletes to support that. You know, I think the big thing here now is now it's just, you know, guys are working year round, right? They're working year round. Then they go to a, a North Cross or a Milton or a Grayson and they're playing on a national schedule right during the high school season. Then when we get to the summer, a lot of these dudes, they don't, you know, they're playing on the circuit, but at the same time, many of these kids they don't have to leave Atlanta, right? Because so many events are coming here, right? So you go and they go on their circuit in the spring, in the summer, then you get to June. And like I said before, I thought the high school coaches in Georgia did a phenomenal job two summers ago of putting together, you know, back-to-back live periods that helped our kids get exposure. So then you get out of June and you go to July, and all the shoe teams are here, you know, in Georgia, with Nike uh, being in Augusta, Under Armour being at Lake Point, and um, you know Adidas was in Birmingham, so it's 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 year round, and we got great trainers, but we got guys that really care and they're really passionate about working with kids. So, man, it's it's a year round process. It's a year round process. Then we have social media outlets that's gonna really push our kids and get our kids out there and work for those kids. So, you know. This, this, the ecosystem that, that Georgia's got developed for basketball is, is second to none. Des, uh, what do you think about that thought, just in terms of the from when they're little tights all the way on up, um, you guys are always competing and always winning, um, always in the conversation, uh, nationally even. So how, how, do, how does that come about to you? You've seen it uh, for a while. I mean, for me, it, it's easy. It, it's a combination of watching the trainers – high school coaches, AAU programs, and the media outlet all working together for one cause. 
So, you know what I mean? When you have a situation where they're all in it for the right reason and they're all in it with the ability to help the kids become better and develop, you're going you're gonna to get the products that we've been producing. You know what I mean? When you when you have a high school coach that opens a gym for trainers and, and AAU programs to come in there and work out, kids are staying busy every day, two, three hours, they're getting some work in. When you have that, you know what I mean, work in progress, like you can't lose. You know what I mean? Situations where high school coaches or, you know what I mean, don't want to open gyms and kids can't find something to do, then you you find you find kids that eventually stray away from the sport or do other things. But our kids are focused because they always stay in the gym somewhere. You know what I mean? You, I'm, I may have a kid work out with me, and two hours later, he's somewhere else getting more work. You know what I mean? So it's, it's it, I think it's a combination of everybody working together. And for the past, like I said, 20 years, I've been seeing it. It, it, it works. Yeah. And, and as as college coaches, we want gym rats. We want those type of guys. That's the, the ones we want to target. So we know uh, within your region, that's that's just cultural. Um, Jesse, I want, I want to come to you with this. Sean's alluded to the the fact that there was a lot of great positive work from the high school coaches uh, in the state of Georgia. And I know you were on the forefront of really, uh, you know, helping the initiative with the camp, uh, with the individual camp, the tournament. I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about, um, you know, that collective effort, but then also uh, the the collective effort that you guys do every fall, sans this one, obviously, because of COVID, to, to coordinate gym times and, and give opportunities uh, for recruitment. Let's talk first about, you know, the the high school event, and then uh, we'll, we'll come back around about just, you know, coordinating the recruitment in the fall. How did all that come about, Jesse, and, and, and what's kind of be coming in the future? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's it's kind of tied back to what we, what we were discussing a few minutes ago about, um, you know, maybe the transition from being a football state to a basketball state. Um, you know, when when the uh, the rule changes and things came down a couple of years ago about how the NCAA wanted to proceed with that, um, you know, we we got on the phone with our high school league, um, you know, that same day and, and started pitching it. And I feel like, you know, maybe five or six or seven years ago, it would have fallen on deaf ears. But, uh, you know, we do have some 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 new guys in the in the high school league that that, you know, I think are a little bit more progressive and, and listen Um you know, they, they've been open to to kind of changing some of their bylaws. And, you know, once we kind of presented presented the idea and, and talked about how many kids it would potentially benefit, um, you know, they jumped on it. So we were we were able to organize, you know, what we felt was probably the, the top one in the country um, where we had, you know, at least 350 um, coaches, you know, represented from all different levels. Um, and I think that was a great springboard for a couple of kids as they jumped into the the um the um, you know the July period because there were a couple of kids that made because guys look different with who they play with you know you had a kid like um, um, I can't think of the kid's name now at, at uh, Sequoia um, Sean what was his name the kid who went to Mercer Jackson Greco yes Greco yeah. like um, you know he he wasn't on anybody's radar and, and played well with his high school team in um, in our camp and then you know all of a sudden the the mid-major guys were taking notice and he had a couple scholarships within the next week because he you know he just played different with his high school team so i think it was a good jump off for those kids um you know we had planned to do another one um you know and we were adjusting with with each um 
you know, each rule change that the NCAA was coming out this year. So, you know, we, we weren't able to do it, but, um, you know, we just had a lot of great support from, like Des said, from like the full community, you know, even though it was a high school event in June, you know, Sean and Des and, and, you know, different AAU coaches and different youth league coaches, you know, they were, they were giving their advice on who should be invited and, and, you know, cooperating with us and, and helping us with facilities. Um, it really was a, 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 a full all, all hands on deck thing. Absolutely. I think the word uh, that you use there with cooperation um, and community you know, be, being in the South, uh, you know, community is important uh, to y'all and and having that level of cooperation, I think, is a separator. Um, it, it's just really special that way. So now, again, uh, I want to come back to the, traditionally fall recruiting. Um, and this is unique in and you can find it in JUCO. Right. And so, some of the JUCOs, they do a pretty good job of coordinating their times. But I have not found a region better at coordinating workout times than Georgia um, to include, you know, you got lunchtime uh, pickup and uh, morning workouts and you can get to seven or eight schools in one day. Um, talk, let's, let's as a group talk about that because I think that's for me, the most compelling story to tell a coach from maybe out of area that, that maybe catches glimpse of uh, a player on Sean's Twitter um, or, or or watches a live stream on SUV TV and says, man, I like that kid. And now I can maybe come see seven or eight other schools. Sean, let, let's talk about that. How, how does that come to, to fruition, this coordination? And in the past, how much is, has that proved to be a benefit for kids? Man, I mean, uh, I, I, I can't really well, – so let me say this. I talk to guys in different states, all right? you know, different states and their kids can never really get in the gym. But I think here these coaches do a good job. Like this, said, they open up their gym so guys can come in and work out, but they also have set schedules that, you know, I, I, I try to collect everybody's schedules. That way I can send it out to college coaches. And the one thing about being here is, you know, guys can fly into Atlanta. And like you said, they can't hit eight schools because they can go to, Norcross at 6 a.m. They can go over to Grayson at 10 a.m. And those dudes are working out. Then you can catch them at the school. Then you can go over to Wheeler and see those guys work out. So by the time you do that, you know, you leave Wheeler and you can go to Pebble Brook and they're going to work out. Then I know McEachern used to have the late night sessions at, at 930. So all those schools are relatively pretty close. But at the same time, these coaches are working out different times and they send information out to guys. And they really do a good job of pushing that information out to get it to coaches. Say, hey, look, we working out, school around the corner working out. So you can come here and see eight schools, you know, in one day, which is, you know, really convenient. Des, Jesse, how often is a coach walked in to, to the gyms that you guys have been at um, and just kind of because, hey, I'm in town and I heard so-and-so said he was coming to your, to your school. T talk a little bit about that, Jesse, and then Des, you follow up. I mean, it, you know, obviously not this year, but in years past, it would, be, it would be every day. You know, we would we would schedule our September workouts, um, you know, Monday through Thursday. And, and you know, sometimes I would get some texts from guys saying, hey, I'm coming through. And other days I wouldn't, but we would always have a full gym because, you know, it's just, hey, I'm in the area. I got an hour to kill. You know, you're going to be in the gym. Um, and that's that's nice, you know, because you can always tell the kids, 
um, you know, hey, you know, you never know when somebody you don't know who's going to walk to the door. Um, and, and there might not be, you know, one player on our roster that, you know, um, Virginia is recruiting. But if they got an assistant that comes to the door, he's going to peek in and maybe you catch his eye. Um, you know, but I, I think one of the other things that really helps is the facilities across Metro Atlanta. Because most of the high schools, um, you know, the the coaches are established, and you know, the better programs, they've been there for a while. There's some trust within their administration. Um, they allow us to open up our gyms, and then we most of us have multiple gyms. So, you know, if there's a volleyball game or a tournament going on in the main gym, we still have access to an auxiliary gym, um, which also helps, you know, for your times in, in smaller cities or, or smaller, um, you know, rural areas or whatever, where you only have one gym you know, you really are at the mercy of waiting for space. And that's when everybody goes at the same time. So, um, you know, the facilities are big. Having, having those extra gyms is really big for us. Daz, you got any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's so many kids and so many schools here that are good, that are, that are doing good work that you can't miss. So, you know what I mean? At first, when, when, it, when it first started, it wasn't a, a collective effort to say, well, I'm going to do it at this time. You do it at this time. You do it at this time. It was just so many schools that you may have two in the morning, two in the afternoon, two in the evening, and you just pick, choose, and refuse. You know what I mean? Now, in the last few years, I believe Jesse and, and the guys over on, on the north side, they started to work out a, in the Gwinnett area a set schedule, which I thought was smart, and, and it, it helped a lot of kids, and it, and it helped the, the, the college coaches set their schedule better because a lot of times before you would, they would walk in the gym and then you tell them, Hey man, we finished here, but at Norcross they going at four and they just head over to that side of town. But now with the schedule going out beforehand, I think the college coaches get a chance to actually set their travel schedule better. Now coming into Atlanta, they know I'm going here, 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 then I'm back to the airport. Absolutely. And and we've touched on it a little bit, Sean, about just the the, the multitude of events in uh, Atlanta, greater greater Atlanta, Georgia, um, and, and then the ease and access to those opportunities. Um, how has that really translated to, um, you know, scholarships and, and guys emerging um, that maybe would not have emerged if, uh, you know, those events weren't here. I mean, like, I, I think, man, like, Georgia, we, we run in the country, right? Obviously, this summer, you know, we ran the country. Everybody wanted to follow, you know, the movement because we were having events. Um, so even from a, from an AAU standpoint, like, the guys on the circuit, they're going to do their thing, but the independent kids are going to be taken care of just because there's so many events here, and everybody's coming here. Like, I never have to leave Atlanta in a normal year because I'm going to get guys to come back repeatedly, right? Then in the high school season, you know, like, I'll open up with an event on the 21st. Then you have Hoops Givens, which is the next weekend. Then Dez will run his event at Wheeler the following weekend. Then you get to January, and it's still events. Like, Jesse has his event in January, so there's a ton of events. But I think the the media outlets here – do a great job of pushing those kids, right? Like you always going to see it's a it's a ton of media outlets in Georgia. You go to Florida, there's one or two. North Carolina is one. Alabama, I don't know any. 
but I think the guys here do a great job to push those kids and create a platform to get them out there. So, yeah, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a ton of events. Like I said, it's, it's going to be really good events for the next three or four weeks here to open the season. And, and with all these events and with all the media outlets and the attention, like on my timeline, I can, I can guarantee every time I refresh, I'm going to see somebody from Georgia. Um, now there, there comes the question of in terms of ease of access to getting to know someone, right? So what's, what's some suggestions, Des, you would give for young coaches that maybe never been in the state or recruited the state, uh, but because of the, the rise of social media and the prevalence of all the access to the information, like I said, I mentioned SUV TV earlier, for example, I got toward my ACL as a college coach. I'm sitting in, in my house watching live stream games. I watch Jesse's game and um, I'm, I'm there. I'm in the gym. I'm, I'm never missing a beat. Uh, but for those that maybe get a chance to see that type of stuff, um, how do you recommend that they start making those inroads, Des? Uh, first of all, they got to get with like Sean and all the media outlets to identify, you know what I mean, the talent. That, the, the reason why the media outlets have been successful here is because they have done a great job of identifying the talent and placing it at the level where it can become successful. That's the key right there. Because uh, all kids aspire to play at the highest level, but going to a level where you can be successful and you can expand your game and, and possibly further your career is what makes pretty much a career. You know what I mean? Making the right decision. And the media outlets uh, are, are great in pinpointing the talent and the level the talent should be at. Jesse, what are your thoughts? I, I, I want to share a quick anecdote uh, before I do get your thoughts. Uh, I was a grad assistant at UNC Charlotte. I'd, I'd never spoken to you a day in my life. You get the job. I knew Norcross was a, a great program. And I just reached out out of the blue and you were, were just so gracious uh, to say, yeah, sure. I'll tell you about our guys. And again, you, you didn't have to do that. That was really kind of you. Um, what, what advice would you give to those, to those other young coaches out there that um, either for one, look at a program like yours and maybe get intimidated and say, well, he's, he's got guys going to, to power five all over. I can't network with him. Uh, but then just uh, other coaches in general, what, what would be your advice for those that want to make those inroads in Georgia? Uh, all right. So, I mean, I'd say from the, from the event standpoint, you know, I think you really do need to pay attention to the events that go on in the city during, during the high school season, the stuff that, that we, we host, the things that Sean puts on, the stuff that Des puts on, because the matchups are legit. And I think you really can tell, you know, the level that a kid can play on uh, particularly in those events, um, you know, because we do have a nice mix of, of Georgia versus Georgia. And then we have a lot of events that feature out-of-state teams. And and we're really not, we're, you know, if we bring in an out-of-state team, we're not we're not bringing in a cupcake. You know, we're, we're going to bring in uh, a D.C. Uh, Catholic League team or we're going to bring in, uh, you know, a top player from North Carolina or whatever. So, you know, that's probably the best thing is to pay attention to those events and, and really see who can play and what level they can play because you, you find out really quickly. Um, and then, you know, the, the other thing is, um, you know, I, I think what you said about, you know, kind of being intimidated by some of the programs is probably one of my biggest frustrations um, because I know I have players that 
you know, would would be interested in certain schools or certain areas of the country. Um, and that that opportunity doesn't come because there's a there's a field that, um, you know, well, I can't get that kit. Um, and then finally, I mean, with the with the with the transfer culture now, uh, why wouldn't you be shooting your shot? Because you might not get them on the front end, but, you know, they uh, a lot of these kids, you know, are going to be looking for a second home. Um, and, and those relationships that you create when they're in high school really do pay off. I mean, we've, we've got several coaches um, that have that have really done well with that in, in our program the last couple of years where they've recruited the kids hard in high school. They may have missed them on the front end, but they are definitely in the conversation um, if that student athlete decides to transfer in a year or two. Yeah, I think as our listeners listen to all of our episodes and we're in different regions, um, the conversation is different. And, and one thing I can uh, attest to is Georgia is willing to help their all of their kids, not just the players on their program, but they're willing to help all their kids, as most locations are. Um, but they're also, you know, the ego level is, is much lower than some other regions. Uh, everybody's in it for the right reasons, which is great. Um, I do want to go into kind of talking about uh, public school ball, private school ball, prep school ball in, in Georgia, because um, for one, the public school ball in Georgia is as good as anywhere in the country. Uh, but there's got to be a, a, a reason to that. And then obviously um, there's there's a lot of talent um, in all different aspects of of, you know, scholastic basketball. Um Des, I want to start with you. Uh, you've been around the, the scene for a while. What what makes Georgia public school ball so good? Uh, history. One word, history. You know what I mean? Every kid that comes to that school has a certain level of, of, of expectancy to live up to. And it's set by all of the guys that came before, all of the work that have been done with the coaching staff before. And you know what I mean? It's pretty much that. Coming in the door, you, there's a level of expectancy that we, you know what I mean, that we not, we don't expect, we demand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So history, by far, you know what I mean, allows these schools to continue to, 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 to flourish. Now, the the prep schools in Georgia have been um, becoming more and more prominent and they're doing their thing. They're, they're giving kids opportunities. Sean, give us a, a quick breakdown of um, the preps, the privates, uh, you know, all, all around uh, their emergence in the scene. You know what I think? Like, we don't have uh, a big landscape of necessarily prep schools, right? Um, obviously, the guys at TSF, they've done a, a really good job and they've been the most consistent yes, because I have. think they've been around the longest. Yeah. Um and before they emerged, it just, you know, those those prep schools really couldn't last year. But the guys at TSF have done a good job. Uh, Core 4 is a, a, a newer prep school, and they're doing a really good job uh, creating opportunities and, and helping kids get into school. For, uh, for those that don't know, TSF is the skills factory. The skills they, factory. They do a great job. Um, they're, they're always in there working, and they've got a wide range of talent for, for all levels. Um that that to me is just uh, it's it's just really unique because when you go around other uh, regions and other places, you're you're going to see private schools kind of be considered to be you know the the better basketball. Um, and on you know, any given year, any team can can be better. But the public school ball in in, in Georgia is is 
um, you know, second and none. Um, all right. So, so what I want to uh, kind of touch on um, it, lastly, before we go into our, our fast break segment is uh, what advice would you guys give to some, some coach uh, that has never recruited a Georgia family? Um, talk to us a little bit about, you know, the, the, the family nucleus in, in Georgia. What, what are these, what are the kids most specifically maybe hunting? Is it uh level is it situation is it uh country school city school um give us some of those dynamics jesse you've obviously had a lot of guys go to a lot of different places what what are georgia families really looking for yeah i mean i think um you know from from a parental standpoint um you know our our players have had so many you know positive uh male figures in their life through uh their aau teams and their high school teams and um, you know, I feel like that that most of these guys are used to that guidance and support. Um, and I think that some of the coaches that have been able to recruit some of our, our best players have been able to uh, talk about how that family atmosphere and, and how that uh, dynamic will continue in the college program. And they have the success to show it. You know, you know it's not just something that they, that they throw out in a recruiting pitch. I know we have a lot of mamas that, um, you know, are, are – are a little worried about sending their, their sons away and, you know, that, that comfort level that they have come to expect from their, their travel league coaches and their high school league coaches, knowing that they have, um, you know, they have that parental support in the school. They know that, that I, that I'm looking at grades and, and, and that I'm available to talk and, and we're giving them guidance and holding them accountable. You know, the, the college coaches that can really uh, show a history of, of, of providing that for their players, um, you know, those are the ones that went out, uh, in, in my opinion, and in my experience. Des, Sean, you guys got anything to add to that? Uh, I think situation right now, kids are, are more, I mean, with, with, with the growth of social media, I think kids are more looking for playing time. You know what I mean? The ability to be on the court with the growth of, of, of big major basketball teams, you know what I mean? Making a push in college basketball. I, I think situation has a lot to do with it now, more so than than, than level of school. And, and has that been a shift? Um, and, and kind of other than social media, do you think there's any other uh, attributes that's helped make that shift? Yeah, well, well, the, the, the actual players becoming successful out of those mid-major programs is the reason but social media allows people to bring more attention to it. So, so let me ask this: Do uh, do Georgia kids? Do you think they prefer to stay in the South? Because um, you can get a situation in Georgia, you can get a situation in North Carolina, you can get a situation in South Carolina, Florida, or would they yeah. go anywhere? Sean, nah, they go. They go anywhere. You got you got uh, Jalen Brown out of Cal. You got. Uh, uh, Romello White went to Arizona State. You got Yasir went to Oregon. Kyle Sturdivant and Aerie Stewart went to USC. Chris Allen went to Michigan State. Like kids from Georgia go. You got uh, Al Tariq went to UConn. Yeah, like man. They'll, they'll leave. They'll leave the region. You got uh, the big kid that went to Texas, James White. 
I mean, James, what's his last name, Sean? James Banks. James Banks. Banks. Miles Rice just Miles Rice just committed to Washington, Washington State. State. Washington yeah. State. He like that's like four thousand miles. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Shout out to Washington State. Good job, John. Um, so so yeah, that's that's unique on the division one level. Now let's take it down a notch. D two, D three, NAIA. There's there's a lot of kids that can play at that level in Georgia because their their talent they're they're playing against the best so right. they're going to get better and better so for one schools coming from those uh, levels what advice would y'all give them um, Sean I'll start with you I mean for me first and foremost now if if these dudes do their homework they can get a steal because in my opinion. Some of the best players in Georgia who don't have the name and are not the four and five star guys are always available late, right? Like Isaiah Miller, who is the preseason player of the year in the SoCon, was available late, right? Now he's at UNC Greensboro. Then you have JD Note, who's at Arkansas. He was available, he's another guy that was available late. Justin Forrest, who's at App State, who was at one point the Sun Belt newcomer of the year, he's a guy that was available late. So for me, those D2 schools come in here and these kids don't have anything going on. Maybe you can trick them and you can convince them to come to your school, right? Shit, um, got trick them, Sean. Belmont yeah, Abbey Belmont Abbey came late last last year in Scoop Three one time. They got that's the, what it, the kid from Campbell. Um, they got the kid from Wheeler. They got Jalen, they got Prince, and they got the kid from uh, uh, Baker, Chandler Baker from um, from uh, the Walker School. Walker, the Walker School. Let's elaborate on that, okay? And we don't have to go specifically on those three kids, but what? How how do those guys get overlooked? Um, is it because of of what per se? So that I could be prepared as a college coach when I hear in April. Hey, these guys got overlooked. I at least have some some basis to know why they got overlooked, and, and don't discredit that. I mean, the 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 the, uh, the senior the unsigned senior showcases, which I feel like a lot of coaches might just kind of you know just kind of brush off. I mean, th- those those unsigned senior showcases are loaded in our state because uh, there are so many kids that um, you know may fall through the radar or you know. Uh, didn't have the same opportunity with their high school teams because they were on a loaded high school team. Um, and, and, and I feel like, you know, there's, there's so many division two schools in the Southeast. I mean, it's really probably the, 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 the most division two schools in the, are, are in the Southeast compared to the rest of the country. And I feel like some of them, you know, maybe just kind of brush it off because they don't, they don't, they don't anticipate the talent level being well, but the, the stuff that the guys run the, the, the off season or the unsigned senior showcases, there's some really, really good players in those things um, and guys that have grades, too. So, um. yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I think like in April, I see I tell guys, you can wait, just wait. You'll blow up. And I had a Division two school who I told I, I begged them to take Terrell Ard, who's now a freshman at UAB. And. I mean, six, seven, had ball skills, really athletic. Now, his high school team wasn't good. Right, but you're not gonna take him at a D two program, but now he's in Conference USA at UAB. So I think a lot of times um, coaches they worry about who's recruiting him. But if if you can play basketball in Atlanta and you can put up numbers in Atlanta, you you can go play anywhere. Thanks. And and I would say this too, like 
as as an evaluator, Sean, like you've you're in the gym every weekend. You see players and teams from all over the country. So shame on you as a college coach if you're not listening to someone who's got way more access to compare than all of us. We're we're in our own gym. So you got to be willing to listen, especially when there's so much basketball being played. A little bit different if we're out in the Pacific Northwest. No, not right. in the Northwest, right? But there, there's very rarely going to be events that come through there so we can all have a chance to compare. But – Weekend after weekend, you guys get a chance to, to, to compare. Jesse, I want to come back to, to the thing you mentioned uh, before we move on, the Unsigned Senior Showcase. What, what's it called? Uh, how can I uh, find out about it uh, if, I'm a, if I'm a D2, D3 JUCO coach and I want to, I want to uh, you know, jump on that, uh, tell our listeners more about that showcase. I mean, it's not it's not just one. Um, you know, there's there's probably anywhere from from five to ten um, ones that are, that are hosted. Um, you know, around the city and around the state. Um, you know, I know we've focused mostly on on Atlanta in this talk, but uh, you know, Corey Black uh, does a great job with the JUCO report and, and does some un- unsigned senior um, showcases for different parts of the city. Um, you know, I know that um, you know there's there's you know, lots of different guys that host them and, and, uh, you know, they, they do them at Swanee sports Academy through the hoop scene, um, uh, flag and, and, uh, you have some individual promoters, but, you know, you can go in there in any of those, uh, and just really find some, some diamonds in the rough. Um, you know, guys that, that, uh, like I said, maybe weren't on the best high school team or have just been overshadowed by, you know, we've, we've had, we've had, you know, guys come through here and I, I know Wheeler and, and other teams have as well, where, you know, these guys ended up having really good high school careers like Dalvin White, um, you know, was, um, you know, a four year starter for me and didn't have much going on until April. And now he's going into his third year at USC Upstate. He's going to be the starting point guard. Um, you know, there, there's guys that that are are good players that are overshadowed because they have some big names. Yeah, they're available. Yeah. I mean, so if, it, if it's me, if I'm a college coach and the live and I need it, I need some guys. The live period comes, I'm trying to find some available guys. And I'm sitting down, and I'm sitting on all their games. Because, like he said, uh, with Alvin White. But then you got Adam Flagler, who mm-hmm. yep. goes to Presbyterian. Now he's at Baylor, right? And, like, and Presbyterian might have been the only school to offer him, I think. I think they were the only school to offer one. Yeah. Like, you know, you got him, and you got Bubba Parm, who was available late. Like, he was playing with me in July, in my mm-hmm. events in July. Gets an offer from VMI, goes to VMI, averages 18 for two years, then he transfers to Georgia Tech. But nobody, nobody else recruited the kid. And and stop waiting on some other school to, you know, do it first. To offer it. To yeah, offer stop, kid before stop, you stop, before you want stop, stop calling me and saying, well, who else is he talking to? It don't matter who else is he talking to. I mean, watch, watch the film, you know, watch the film and make your own judgment. Don't wait for somebody else to take the stab because you know, let's do some work. I, I remember, Jesse, you sent out uh, – and by the way, Jesse, you do a great job with the emails. And a lot of guys in the state, by the way, do a great job sending out emails with video clips. I remember at South Alabama, I get the clip of – and I watch Caleb Mur- Murphy. And I'm like, damn, this dude's really damn good. I said, well, I think he's a top 100 guy, but uh, if he's on your bench, I'll come up there and take a stab. Man. <laughs> of course, obviously, uh, the rest of the world did end up figuring it out, but – it was, um, you know, it's it's because of the persistence and in, in, in quality of the information, um, the, the quality of the basketball in the state, 
over and over, you guys are, are giving those kids opportunities. Um, and, uh, you know, there's been a lot of information that we've uh, provided. I will say this, when, when this gets posted online and on social media, if you got questions, uh, tweet it, tweet at us, tweet, you know, the, the questions, send us a direct message. I can connect you with, with these guys and others within the state because we want to, especially in this tough time when, when recruiting has been really drastically changed to give you the access to the information in this region more so than any is organized. They're, they're prepared. They can get you the information that you're asking for all the way down to transcripts. I mean, they, they, I've never seen such an organized approach out of uh, an entire community. Uh, and I think that's so important. Uh, so now we're going to go into our uh, segment here, fast break, where we're going to just uh, rattle off some, some quick questions, get you some, some tidbits that you may or may not have know as we're finishing up the show. Um, and we're going to get started with the first question. Des, I'm coming to you. Best player out of the ATL area ever. Man, we had this. We had this argument. <laughs> one, one As a matter of fact, we had this argument every six months. Because for me, the answer gonna change every week. Well, it what depends, is it this week? It, it depends on the criteria. Like we talking about high school career, college okay. career, pro career. What are we talking about? Fair. We're going to open up a. You've opened up a bag now, man. He really the is bag right. is open. So we're going to we're going to break it down first. The who had the best high school career coming out of ATL? Lewis Williams. Sean. I'm gonna go Lewis Williams. But all you can't use the same answer. You got to give me somebody else. You know, like like I put out a list a couple months ago, right? <laughs> and it, it, it got a lot of attention. It got real. It got real tricky because like some of the some of the OGs like James Forrest and some of these older guys came out of the woodworks and, and they pulled out their resumes and it, it, it got real, it got real tricky. So like I, I'm interested to hear, you know, with Diz and Jesse because they've been in it a lot longer. I'm going to say, we, I'm going to say Lewis Williams because this is the first time I ever watched the game. And 10 minutes later after leaving the game, I was in line trying to buy the DVD of the very game. Yeah. Like they were, they were printing the game for people to take, to pay $10 to, to, to take with them to go. It was yeah. like, it was a show. Des, for the listeners that don't know who Lewis Williams is, who is he? Lou Will, baby. Three, three, what is it? Uh, three time in a row, six man of the year. What are you yeah, going on? Six, what are you going on? 16 years in the league, man? I, I was a little confused because I was like, Lewis Williams. Okay, got it. Lou Will. Get a you get a bucket for sure. Oh, you know, now nah, you know the name the name changed with more success. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things change with success, right? Jesse, uh, what what about you? What do you think? Uh, I mean, if I can't use Lou Will, I'd say probably in my time at Atlanta, probably Dwight, Dwight Howard. Just okay. physically, you know, just you know, it, it was just he was on a different level in high school. Sean, I'm coming to you for for this one. Uh, in college, what what player out of ATL had the best career? Past the best present. career, the best career mm. or the best season. Mm. Season seasons can can go fine with it. Right. You might let me think. You might go go to Jesse. Let me circle back. Uh, no, right. I mean, I've already answered. <laughs> <laughs> Man, y'all, I know politics has been on the forefront of Georgia. Y'all, y'all are some politicians right now, man. It's like, <laughs> ducking the questions here in the fast break. What about you? Uh on the on the on the short term, damn, I don't know. I mean, again, like Dad said, what's the criteria? I mean, we've got a couple of guys that have won some national championships um, yeah, you know, in the last true. 10 years. 
And then you got then you got guys that were one and done, you know, if you base it on one year. So that, that's a that's a that's a tough. I question. mean, yeah, it's, it's just kind of tough that they had some exciting runs. Like some guys had some really good runs, right? Um, so and like the, 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 uh, the Georgia State run with the Shenard, what is it, Shenard Long? When when Georgia State was winning all them games in the tournament, pretty yeah. good. They that was a tough. Good that run. was a tough run because he put the team on his back. Now let's 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 switch gears here. Let's let's talk about coaches out of Georgia that that maybe don't get the recognition they deserve. Jesse, I'll start with you. Name a coach out of Georgia who just does a great job. You're talking about high school or college? High school. Oof. Um, Damn. Um, I mean, I'd say uh, I like uh, I like my man Aaron Parr at St. Pius. Like he doesn't really really have a ton of talent, but those kids play hard as hell. They don't back down from anybody. Um, you know, he runs a, he runs a little bit of a different system. Uh, he's a young kid, a young guy. But I respect him. I mean, I mean, I, there's a lot of good coaches, but I think he's probably one that doesn't get some of the credit that he might deserve. Sean, what do you think? Oh, a new. Let me see. Um. Man, Sean, you might want to pass on this one, baby. <laughs> you, might, you might want to leave this one alone, baby. Yeah, let me, let me, let me, let me pass. Buzz, yeah, let me pass buzz it down. Buzz it down. Des, what do you think? I'm staying home, man. Yeah. Larry Thompson, man. I'm staying home with Larry, man. I, and the reason being is the, the, the reason being is his, I think his preparation is second to none. Like, he's He's really a student of, of of his craft. And what he does is he takes it from the computer to the chalkboard to the to the arena. And I think he does that better than anyone. That's great. That's great. That's great. Name a name a college assistant coach that has recruited your region well. Sean. Oh, that's easy. Oh, oh Sean, you got it? it? Go, go ahead, man. Go ahead, right, man. man you, got it. you got to go with the gorilla from, from – excuse me, the gorilla from the 305, man, Charlton Young, man. Yeah, Everybody yeah. knows CY. Yeah, CY has obviously done a great, great job at Florida State. Sean, what do you think? You know what I mean, man. I'm, I'm going to go with my guy, Andre Morgan, who's at Middle Tennessee, who was at UNC Greensboro and recruited their best player. Now Middle Tennessee has eight Georgia kids on their roster. So I'm gonna go with Andre Morgan at, at Middle Tennessee State. Great, great, great name, Jesse. Uh, Claude Purdue has done a really good job. Like he he's done a great job on the on the transfer circuit and and really held it down when he was here, at Georgia State. Um, and then um, I'm losing my my train of thought right now, but my man at Xavier that was at UGA. Oh, Jonas uh, Hayes. Yeah, Jonas Jonas kills it. Yeah, he, he, he made he made, swept he made great. He made great inroads when he was here at Georgia, and he's maintained that Xavier, and and uh, like he, he does a really good job. But I think I agree, man. See why the man. He really no, see why the man. See why the man. But I'm gonna give you the. I'm gonna give you the. the I'm gonna give you his underboss. You ready? Yeah. Crider. Yeah. Crider, I, I guess I'm done. I've seen Crider at eighth grade games. You know what I mean? Hey, sometimes I can't make the game. Crider sending me the information like, hey, your kid playing well. Yep. Guys that are grind. Shout out to Chris Kreider, Claude Purdue now at Tulane. Uh, great guy. Shout out to him. Um, now let's talk about specific college programs. Name name a team that has done a really good job 
of recruiting the state, Jesse. That's easy one right there. Yeah. Oh, go ahead then, Sean. Go ahead. I, I mean, for me, Auburn. Auburn sweep oh, up in yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Auburn sweep up in Atlanta. Florida State sweep up in Atlanta. They own the state, in my opinion. Auburn and Florida State are off the list. Our rules of, of naming just one are, are, are being trampled on. Dead. What you got, Jesse? What you got? Uh back in back in back in my day, NC State. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Wolfpack. They, that's right. They came in and they got some great talent out of here and and they helped produce them and help them help lead them to, you know what I mean, a career after college. Shout out to Lorenzo Brown and Richard Howe, two guys I got to coach while at NC State. Yep. J.J. Hickson was there also. That's right. That's right. Jesse, what, what do you think? I mean, I think, uh, you know, those obviously, but I, I think the the uh, the mid-major crew in North Carolina has done a really good job. The the Wilmingtons, the Campbells, the, you know, the, the UNC Greensboro, they've come in and, and pulled a couple of good kids out of Georgia that have turned into being great players for them. Um, you know, we talked about uh, the um, – um, you know, the, the Kaycock kid uh, went to Wilmington. That's uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Miller, you know, those type of kids, you know, we they've had a nice little run of sneaking in here and pulling some guys uh, that may have been over their head, to be honest, um, and turning them into good. So nice, nice little, nice little run out of the, out of the crew in North Carolina. A lot of quality information produced today in this dialogue. This last question for some may be the most important. <clears throat> Got a lot of events in Georgia, a lot of high school events, AU events. Who's got the best concession stand in the ATL area? Dez, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, I don't, I don't really do the concession stand because we 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 usually go out go out to eat after. So I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave that one. Georgia is known for Georgia is known for great restaurants, not concession stands. Where you go? Where are you going to eat after a game? What oh well, you? right. Well, well, right now when you come to Wheeler, we going to Infusion Crab, which is right around the corner. Hands down, the best seafood in the business, and it's right around the corner. You can't miss it. Yeah, we'll see you there. I knew I was coming, uh, Jesse. I know you're normally on the sidelines, so you maybe don't get a trip up to the concession stand. But uh, wh- wh- where do you like to go to get a, get a good concession stand? Whoever's got the portable, whoever's got the portable fryer going, so you you can smell that when you walk in the front door. So I'm good with that. If they got some French fries in the portable fryer, maybe some corn dogs, we straight. Sean, last but not least, I'm probably like dead, man. I don't do the concession stand deal. I, I like to go to restaurant. I like to eat, but I ain't eating in the concession stand. I like to eat good. You know what I mean? I uh, I, I Sean, just eat, Sean just eats Skittles, man. He just got a he got a perfect <laughs> bag of Skittles all the time. <laughs> I, I grew an affinity for for the concession stands in y'all's area because for one, you go from gym to gym to gym, and so you 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 get hungry and you don't have time to go to the restaurant. But uh, you guys have got a, a wide array, including uh, shout out to Peach Jam's uh, hospitality room. I know that's on the other side of the state, but that peach cobbler is something you still dream of uh, after so so many years. Um, thanks a lot, guys, for joining us and coming through the tunnel, giving an education to all the 
the coaches that have maybe never recruited the, the greater ATL area. We're going to do another episode that will focus on uh, the other areas outside of Georgia because Georgia is just so big, so much talent, uh, so much to talk about. But I think if uh, you're listening today, you've really got a chance to to get uh, the, the whole rundown of what it's like to recruit uh, ATL. Uh, again, thanks so much. Make sure you like and subscribe to, to this episode and this podcast of Through the Tunnel, and we'll be joining you on our next broadcast.